Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Unlimited. Today, we are talking about So You Want to Start a Podcast. Now, maybe you're going, oh, I don't want to start a podcast. Well, (laughs) that's okay. There are a lot of themes in this episode that relate to a lot of other areas of business, and you'll actually hear them, some of the ones that we talked about in the last episode about calling out BS in online business, but in life in general, this idea of vision, strategy, action that I talk about in my work. So this is an episode for you, whether you do want to start a podcast or not, but if you do, definitely, definitely tune in. I have brought my friend Alicia Galati, who is the owner of Galati Media, a full-service podcast management company, meaning you record and her team does the rest. She helps business owners launch and maintain lead-generating podcasts. She lives in sunny North Carolina with her husband, two small boys, and a rescue pup. When she's not working, you can find her either hiking, chasing her kids around, or watching the latest Star Wars with her husband, because I love me some nerds. working with them, talking to them, whatever. Alicia and I met actually when she was in the process of doing this work and doing podcasting herself as a side hustle. And so we explore some of that process of stepping out of corporate and into a space of building a business and what that looks like. So, you know, some of the things that we talk about in this episode are when the universe gives you a little push, (laughs) having a support network and actually using it, how to start a podcast that's sustainable, the importance of giving yourself time to know what you want and to plan accordingly, and best practices that may be highly recommended, but knowing that they're not rules, they're not hard and fast rules. Alicia is the person who helped me get this podcast up and running, and I talk about that in this episode, so I won't go into that too much here, but I felt like this was a perfect conversation to have as my 40th episode, as I am also 40. If you want to dig deeper into what's the behind the scenes like of this podcast and some tips as far as building your own podcast definitely check out Alicia's new podcast, Listeners to Leads. I am episode six, and there will be a link in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. And now, without further ado, let's get started. Hey there, I'm Valerie Friedlander, Certified Life Business Alignment Coach, and this is Unlimited. This podcast bridges the individual and the societal, scientific and spiritual, positive and negative, nerdy and no, there's just a lot of nerdy. (laughs) Come on board and let's unlock a life that's as badass as you are. Welcome, Alicia, to Unlimited. I'm so excited to have you here. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. I love your podcast, and so I'm like super doped. Yay! Well, so and you have been on the the ground floor, as it were, if if my podcast were a building, um, (laughs) of the of the beginnings of this podcast because I reached out to you to help me get it started because you are a badass 
podcast editor and producer. And I was like, all right, I want this to be amazing. And I know I need to contact Alicia because you have helped so many other amazing podcasters get their stuff off the ground. So, but before we dive into that, because I definitely want to talk more about that, before we dive into that, tell everybody a little bit about you and what brought you to being this badass podcaster and producer. Yeah. Wow. What a journey. (laughs) Tell me your life story. (laughs) I know. (laughs) How much time do we have? Right. Exactly. Do we have eight hours? Because it would be over drinks, right? (laughs) (laughs) So when I became a mom, which was uh, seven years ago, I realized very quickly in, you know, joining a corporate manufacturing company, I did not like the amount of hours I was putting in. I didn't like the amount of money I was making for the amount of hours I was putting in. Just the whole trading time for dollars, which (laughs) hint, hint, I still work a ton, (laughs) but I'm doing something I love. So it's a little different, but (laughs) the idea and then having like a bunch of people online and, and mom groups of like, you know, passive income and make money in your sleep. And it was just as prevalent then as it is yeah. now. And I was like, I'm going to do this thing. I want to be able to do this thing. I want to be able to make money online. I want to be able to potentially stay home with my kid. Uh, realized very quickly, what am I doing? I don't want to be a stay at home mom. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I loved my nine to five. I loved the work that I did. It was, it was also super fulfilling. And so just kind of diving into both of like, all right, I'll have my corporate income. I'm also, I'm an Enneagram one. So like planner things laid out. I'm, I'm a Virgo. So like, you know, you've got it all there. (laughs) There's a way to do things and there's not, don't leave your corporate job. What's wrong with you? And so I kind of had this idea of, I'm going to have my corporate job. I'm going to be able to have that. And then also have this passive income started working on the side for social media, doing blog writing, doing a little bit of everything and switched corporate jobs to more supply chain specific and realized very quickly, wow, I do not like supply chain. I don't like this company I'm working for kind of had the, like, there was just a lot of things. It was a smaller company. They didn't really have their processes in order. And as a Virgo, processes are important. Like there's gotta be an order here and found that really difficult, but realized, you know, I'm just going to still have my side hustle stuff was offering inventory management for e-commerce businesses and helping them kind of be strategic with their inventory and launched a podcast about it. And I loved podcasting. I realized very quickly, wow, this is so fun. It's I enjoy doing it. I had been listening to podcasts since 2015. So it was just like, yes, this, all of this, I love it. And then in the beginning of 2020, like before everything went crazy. (laughs) Before Um, all the, like what is going on? The world just went upside down. 
Yes. So yeah. it was around the beginning of January that I was like, okay, I think I'm going to shift my business because I didn't really care to do what I did in my day job as my side hustle. It just didn't feel good. It was, it was like pulling teeth to try to sell. And that's when I was like, okay, this is just not for me. So my husband's so super supportive. He's just been like, sure, whatever you want to do, honey. All right, that's fine. Cool. And (laughs) when I said I wanted to do podcast management, he was like, all right, but like, give it six months. Don't, don't switch it again. Like Mm. stick with it. Try to stick with it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, fine. Whatever. Really give it an opportunity. (laughs) Yes. Give it a chance. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Didn't do anything with it. And then in March, got laid off for the first time and realized it's kind of the universe kicking me off the proverbial ledge and saying, Alicia, you've got your wings. You've been doing this for years. Get going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, one thing led to another. Now I have this awesome, incredible podcast production and management company. I've got a team working for me and it I still work probably close to 50 60 hours a week but I absolutely love what I do. It is easy to sell because I believe in it and I believe in what we're doing and it's just there's just so much more ease in this compared to all the other past adventures <laughs> that I have tried. So that is my, you know, entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, I love it. And actually so the and one thing led to another. I actually want to know a little bit about that because I think okay. a lot of times when people step into the entrepreneurial space, and I know this was true for me, but I see this a lot with clients and and other coaches and colleagues and all of that. There's this whole like, well, it's gonna be easy. Like when mm-hmm. I'm doing the right thing, it's gonna be easy. And Yet there's like, it's like the montage. Like, I feel like, and one thing led to another is the montage. And everybody (laughs) wants the montage. Like, when you're talking about change, like, whether it's a a fitness routine, whether it's kicking off a business, like, give me the montage. I want the the theme music to play. (laughs) And I want it to be like, yes, look at this transformation happen. And we just kind of like gloss over the. I had to digest myself into goo part. Now that's not true for everybody. We don't all digest ourselves into goo, like with every transformation, but I, and I say that like as a butterfly reference for those of you who haven't heard me use that before. Cause I realized <laughs> like, like why, why is she suddenly talking about digesting into <laughs> goo? That's gross. What happened? What do we not know about Alicia? <laughs> right. Oh my God. So, so tell me like, a little bit about that experience of, or you know that you have an expertise. Mm-hmm. You know that you've built this up. Maybe there's some question because you haven't like 100% gone for it yet, right? You haven't yeah. jumped off the ledge, but you've you've had that shove and you're like, whoa, you know, like yeah. I feel like standing on the on the ledge, the arms kind of waving like this, like, do I fly? What happens next? Yeah. Um, and then to that point of, and now I have this amazing company. Mm-hmm. What did, what was that experience like for you? Yeah. So within the first 30 days, I tapped into my like friends and family and said, Hey, look, this is what's going on. I got laid off. This is the business shift that I'm going to be making. 
does anyone know anyone who wants to do, you know, launch a podcast? Undercharged myself like crazy because obviously that was what you did in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we all have been there. Yeah. And mostly just to see, could I do this? Could I, I had launched two podcasts for myself. Could I launch it for someone else and have it be successful? Landed two clients in the first month and was then able to substitute my take home right there with two clients. Now that did not mean that was one month. That did not mean that that next month I had the business sustainable to where, all right, I've got two more clients that are going to pay me X amount of dollars. There was $0 the next month. So going forward into the third, fourth, fifth month, it was a lot of putting myself out there, getting into groups, connecting with other people, unfollowing, not unfriending, but unfollowing other podcast producers or podcast managers that I followed because I wanted to create something for me, mm-hmm. something that was unique to me. Didn't want the business where you know you have your launch, your podcast in 14 days. I didn't want to copy what anyone else was doing. But at the same time, just to be like fully transparent. I was like, I'm going to create a group program where I can help a group of people go through because that's where the money is. It's a lot easier Mm -hmm. to make money with a group than to do one-on-one and no one bought my group program. That's what happened. And I was just like, I went into it with this idea that no one would. I think there was a little bit of a hang up already, but I didn't also being Virgo. I don't want to set myself up for failure or disappointment. So (laughs) I was like, whatever. Okay. Reconvene. What do I want my business to look like? Really? What do I want it to be? And I was like, all right, I just want to do one-on-one service. I love what I do. I love working behind the scenes and being, you know, the person with the headphones in the mic backstage, making sure everything's where it needs to go. And then having my clients be the star of the show. That's what I love to do. You're like the stage manager. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So really just focused on that. By the time we hit September, October, I was getting people reaching out to me rather than me pushing out to, to get clients. So I was started getting a lot of traction a lot of podcast interviews, a lot of people reaching out for me to guest on their shows, things like that. I submitted to speak at some like summits. And by the time we hit December, I was able to hire someone to handle my social media for outreach and uh, getting clients on social media because the majority of my clients come from Instagram. Mm -hmm. Using that... We now get about two new clients per month on average this year. We're in 2021 now, which is fantastic. (laughs) I love it. It's great. It's allowed me to be able to use that to grow my team. But then at the same time, there have been situations like where I had to fire my, my production manager and, you know, where, and I don't like having to fire people. Mm. I never have. I don't like having to have difficult conversations, but it's still something that I had to do in my business. And this month, uh, we're in July now and we're recording this. I am taking the month to focus on improving our processes. We had a less than stellar launch for a client and we're diving into why. 
Why did that happen? Was it us? Was it just the audience? Was it the podcast? What caused it to be less than stellar? And how can we make improvements to ensure that the client still feels supported, even if it's not up to their expectations? Because obviously we can't make promises, mm-hmm. you know, like we can't say, yeah, you're going to hit 50 Apple podcast chart. Like that's, we can't do that. Uh, yes, we have clients that do that, but we can't promise that for everyone. There's so many different factors that go into it. Not to mention the changes in Apple Podcasts these last two months have just killed everyone. So yeah. there's that. Yeah. Well, so so much of, of what you're describing, I mean, when starting off, it's easy to, there's so much noise in the online space, in this this virtual space that talks about like how you're supposed to do things. It's really hard to not pick up some of that and think, okay, this is what I should do. And in general, our brains tend to, you know, like to bucket things and go, okay, well, this is the right way to do it. We want the right way to do it because who doesn't? <laughs> we want to know things will be yeah. successful. Nobody likes failure. But oftentimes we don't necessarily know what we want to do and how we want to do something until we try it. And we can go, okay, that worked, that didn't. And your point about, you know, undercharging, like we all do when we get started. I feel like there is a big shaming around undercharging. You should Mm -hmm. not undercharge. You need to charge your worth. You need to charge your value. And it's like, yeah, but money isn't my value. How much I get Mm. paid isn't my value. What I do isn't my value. What I'm doing is something new and I'm experimenting. I'm, I'm dipping my toe in. I'm feeling it out. How do I feel about this? What does this look like? And then once you kind of get to know it, then you can be like, okay, this is worth more. I'm my time with this is worth more. The quality that I'm delivering is worth more and the market supports me charging more. So taking it out of that space of like shaming around, Mm. you know, yeah, of course you did. Of course you undercharged because you were starting out. I undercharged (laughs) when I was starting out. That's totally normal. And also remembering that as you go along, there's always going to be something new that's uncomfortable. (laughs) Like that's life. Somehow we think, you know, oh, I'll set up this business and it'll, like you were mentioning before, like passive income and all of these things. And like, it's just going to be at some point, it's just going to be easy. And it's like, well, there might be a flow to it, but that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be things that come up. Right. <laughs> and, and new and new stuff to explore. Like, oh, that podcast didn't launch the way we thought it would. What do we need to do differently? And having the resiliency of like not being like, oh, well, I guess I shouldn't do this anymore. <laughs> like, Which is like, totally my thing. Like, <laughs> nope, throw it away. It's trash. I'm trash. Throw the whole thing away. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, and that's, that thought process happens even when you know better, like, especially if it's something that's been part of, of life in previous years. Yeah. Like, no, actually that's, that's not true. So within this, cause you've had, you've had at least, you mentioned one podcast that I didn't even know you had before when you started. And then you have another podcast with your sister. Yeah. 
Are there more I should know? Well, and you started a new one. Okay. About, about podcasting, like specifically launching at the end of July. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So are there more? Just those. Yeah. So I had launched the first one and then pod faded it because I didn't want to talk about supply chain anymore and inventory. And I just left it up there for people to find. I still get people pitching me to be on that. And I'm like, obviously you can see I haven't put anything up there in years. So what are you doing? <laughs> get your do, you, do your research. Do your research. So that's number one tip from Alicia right now. If you want to be on somebody's podcast, do your research. Yeah, it takes two seconds, really. (laughs) So that, and then I pod faded that. And then I decided that I wanted to do something more for me. So this was after my mom had passed and my sister and I had been talking about, we'd been talking more about spirituality, about how we grew up, about the cult we grew up in and really trying to further understand my mom. Mm -hmm. And kind of her thought process in joining the cult and bringing us along for the ride. And like, what, what was that? Why was that? And what causes people to join cults? And so we took that approach as cult survivors. A lot of the cult podcasts are just, they come from people who are either comedians or they just like true crime. And so they want to throw some cults in there. But there weren't any from the perspective of cult survivors. Mm. And so we were able to really hone in on that niche. And we spent about three months before launch growing that community, connecting with other cult survivors and, you know, sharing bits of our story, but not the entire story and doing some research on, you know, is this something we want to do? Do we want to put our voice out there? And we were able to get like a really decent number of downloads within the first day. And it kind of just took off from there. Like we had people in our DMs every week saying, oh my goodness, me too. I was in a cult or my friend was in a cult or I love your story. Thank you so much. And uh, we took a hiatus around the holidays and then came back, took another hiatus, came back around April. And then we had someone the day that our episode dropped, sent us a message and was like, it's so good to hear from you guys. Like, we missed you. Thank you so much for showing up. And it's like just creating that community. That is what I feel like podcasting is about. And I think that a lot of people that I talk to, they're like, yeah, I'm going to create this podcast and I'm going to get a bunch of sponsors and it's going to be great. And it's like, yeah, but what is the purpose? Mm, Like really, mm -hmm. what is the purpose of your podcast? What do you want to accomplish with it? You got to pick one thing. Like you can't do four things with your podcast. And for us, it was around being able to show solidarity with other cult survivors and also grow that community and connect with others like us so that we didn't feel so alone. Mm -hmm. And we were able to do that. And it was, it's, it's been incredible. I'm excited for kind of the things that we have planned for it. And yeah, awesome stuff. <laughs> I love how you have just doing your own thing, such a, a breadth of experience, like supply chain podcast to really personal stories. And I find that talking about things and, and I come from the 
background of, I had done a lot of like talk therapy in my past and being part of a support group and things like that, like that idea of talking through things as a therapeutic process to understand yourself better and understand other people and your relation to other people better. I mean, those are powerful approaches and listening to other people talk about those things is also like super powerful. And that was one of the, the reasons why I started this podcast the way I did was because, you know, having coaching episodes, because I find that that is so powerful. So your experience covering these different ways of showing up on podcasts just for yourself and then coming in and, and being someone who listens to podcasts, I am not. So that was another reason why I hired you is because I was like, I don't listen to podcasts, but everybody's telling me I should have a podcast. <laughs> I like to talk. So podcasts make sense. <laughs> But I don't know anything about like what this looks like on the front end of a, as a listener, let alone the back end of of managing it and dealing with it. So like I need yeah. to know, I need somebody who knows what this is and and what it looks like to do what it is that I want to do <laughs> and maybe what is it that I want to do? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So I'm betting that you you probably have a people come to you and they're like, okay, we're gonna do a podcast. And and then you're like asking them questions, and they're like, Oh, uh, I don't know what we're talking. What huh? Yes. <laughs> what are some of the the biggest things that you wish that people who were thinking about podcasting knew as they're thinking about it? One of the biggest things that I find people struggle with is they don't have a plan. So there's no, they kind of jump into it of like, everybody else has a podcast. It's the summer of podcasting. Let's launch a podcast. That was last year, right? <laughs> like, yes. I'm stuck at home. Let's start a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> and especially when they saw that a lot of the NPR podcasters and these really big name podcasters were podcasting from home, they weren't going to studios anymore. And it was like, wait, I can do that. I have a closet that looks like that. I could totally have a podcast. But nine out of 10 podcasts don't make it past seven episodes. So one thing that I always tell people, and it's like literally the first conversation that I have with new clients is let's plan out your first 10 episodes. Let's make sure that you have some ideas on things that you can talk about. When we do our market research for clients, we focus on, all right, here are some potential topics that you can talk about. Here's what your competitors are talking about. Here's the shift that you can put on it to make your podcast stand out. So looking at all of those different things, I think people jump into podcasting as if it's like, I'm just going to start blogging, and it, but it's not. There's a lot more to it uh, and ensuring that you can stay consistent and really be able to show up for your audience. I think people need to just take some time to plan. Don't rush into it. Don't launch your podcast in 14 days, please. And thank you. <laughs> it's like my pet peeve. If you follow me on Instagram, I'm always talking about this <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, because there are courses out there. Launch your podcast in two days. And it's like, oh my God, no, don't do it. Yeah. Especially if you don't have an established audience. So that's one thing that we actually, where we cut ourselves off of newer entrepreneurs, if they don't have an established audience, uh, then we're not going to be able to maximize on that. 
to really be able to help them launch their podcast with raving fans. Now, that's not to say that they have to have 10,000 followers. We have clients where they have as little as 2,000 followers, and yet they're trending in parenting categories all over the world. So it is possible, but have like grow your audience first. Focus on what they want. Otherwise, you're just going to be creating content to create content, Mm -hmm. and it's not going to speak to your audience, which is the whole point of spending that time and that effort putting into the podcast. I mean, when you go into podcasting and you are a podcaster, another thing that people don't realize is that to really thoroughly edit an episode, it typically takes four times the length of the audio. So if you've got a 30 minute- I did minute, not realize that. <laughs> yes. So it takes 30, a 30 minute episode is going to take about two hours around to edit. We have some clients where our- our editors know, and this is something we don't skip on over here because I, I believe very heartily in making sure that a good quality podcast goes out and that it has the listeners in mind. We have one client where her episodes are typically an hour, hour and a half, and I was doing it uh, a few weeks ago. So I'm a seasoned editor. like I'm not new to this, and it took me about six or seven hours to do. So it's it takes time. <laughs> So if you really want to be able to have like a good quality thing for your audience, it's going to take time. Now, that's not to say that if you want to just show up and maybe you want to record while you're driving your car, which I have done that before. It is maybe not the safest, but it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Just have your microphone on your lapel, like the little lapel microphone. And I had one uh, listener tell me it sounded like she was just hanging out with a girlfriend in the car. Yeah. And so really it just depends on what you want. What, how do you want to show up, but get that stuff situated beforehand so that you know what you're going into. You're not getting blindsided by anything, but also don't let it stop you from taking action because I have clients come to me. I've been thinking about this for six months and it's like, girl, let's do this then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know what you, what you're describing and I'm, and you even actually mentioned something earlier that I want to tie back in, which is you said when you started this, when you launched out, you talked to people, you contacted family and friends. And you're like, I am going to, I'm doing this thing. Now I'm thinking about doing this thing. I am doing this thing and I want your support. So being able to, to reach out to people, one, that support team is so critical. And, yeah. and like, and maybe, you know, you don't have a safe family and family isn't the people reach out to friends. I think we underestimate the people that we have in our life a lot of times and don't yeah. realize that there are plenty of people out there who would be more than happy to support, especially those of us who are like givers. Like we like mm-hmm. to give to other people and it's harder to, to receive because we're so focused on giving to other people. We don't think, oh, people would be just as happy to give to us, right? Like, or maybe there's resistance because, you know, if you've had toxic people in your life who like when yeah. you've accepted things from them, they turn around and be like, now I need all of these things from you. <laughs> Definitely yes. worked with people who've had that. So there's like stuff there. But we often will underestimate like, oh, I don't want to inconvenience them. I don't want to put them out. I don't want to put any pressure on them. Dude, asking doesn't put pressure on people. They can put pressure on themselves, but that's not your fault. Yeah. <laughs> So like that idea of, of asking people for support when you know you want to do something. And then the other piece that you said about knowing the purpose, 
What are you doing this for? And then managing your expectations based on how you do it. Like if I like to talk to myself on my commute and I just want to share with other people who want somebody to feel like they're talking to somebody on their commute and maybe, you know, their best friend doesn't pick up their phone, you know, at that time. Yeah. Then, okay, that could be, that could be your podcast, you know, but maybe not have the expectation that it's going to be a big thing, right? right? Like maybe you'll have a few people if you didn't make the plans, but if you like really dig in and you do the planning and you mm-hmm. want it to be like this money maker, you want the sponsors, you want like, this is going to be a thing. Know what you are creating and why you're creating it and what's going to fill your cup about it. For me, I need the interaction. Like you were talking about community. I'm like, yes, give me the communities because I will burn out if I'm just talking to myself all the time. That's why I couldn't do all this. I started solo episoding and I'm like, no, I, I have to have interviews and then I'm going to bring in the coaching because I will burn out if I'm just talking to myself all the time, especially like the editing, like you said. So these are like core things that are true. These are like truisms, right? Having the community and knowing what you're doing it for and what fills your cup so that you're not just pouring out and then having expectations you didn't realize you had. (laughs) And then burning out and stopping doing it because you're just like, oh, I guess I just can't do this. So if anyone is like, yes, I want to do this. I feel overwhelmed by it, or I know that I've been saying this for a while and it's time. How do they find you so that they can kick things off with an amazing podcast? Yeah. So I love to hang out on Instagram at Alicia Dacalotti. I love hanging out over there. Or you can go to aliciagalotti.com and all my stuff is there. You can see what kind of things we offer, as well as, uh, you know, potentially listen to my podcast, yes. listeners to leads. Sweet. And I'll be on there too. So you can learn yeah. a little bit behind the scenes on this podcast. Lots of fun. Yeah. So before we close out, I like to ask, what does it mean to you to be unlimited? To me, being unlimited means not allowing me to hold myself back mm. because you know, as a Virgo in an Enneagram one, (laughs) it always goes back to your personality. Right. And like, I find that I'm usually the one holding myself back and to be unlimited. I can't, I can't let myself do that to myself and I won't be able to achieve my goals if I don't give it a shot. So that's what being unlimited means to me. Awesome. And when you want to feel unlimited and activate that, like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to hold myself back. All the ducks don't have to be perfectly in a row. What? (laughs) You're like, no, no, they do. They do, but I'm not going to let the ducks stop me. Yes. (laughs) But they do have to be in a row. (laughs) You are correct. I might be missing one, but that's okay. But they still have to be in a row. Yeah. I know my best friend's a Virgo. It's okay. (laughs) So when you want to feel unlimited, what do you listen to? I love the song. That's my girl by fifth harmony. It just pumps me up. It's like, yes, I've got this. I'm going to do it. It's going to be great. Awesome. 
Well, that'll go on the playlist that is now available on Spotify, the unlimited podcast mix. So check it out if you're not familiar with the song. And thank you so much for joining me for this episode. It's been such a pleasure having you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It has been so much fun. And definitely go listen to Valerie on my podcast. I believe she's episode six. Sweet. Yay. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I so appreciate you being here. If you got something out of today's episode, please share it. Leave me a review, take a screenshot and post it on social with a shout out to me. Send it to a friend or, you know, all of the above. Want to hang out more? Join me on Instagram. Or better yet, get on my mailing list to make sure you don't miss out on anything. And remember... Your possibilities are as unlimited as you are. Allow yourself to shine, my friend. The world needs your light. See you next time.